When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. You may know them as Passies, Binkies, Soothies, or a slew of other names we call that thing we stick in our baby's mouth to help them stop crying. In my house, pacifiers often work like magic, but are there actual benefits to using them? Today we're going to dig into the science of pacifiers and address some of the most burning questions new parents have on this topic, as well as tips for addressing some of the more problematic passy woes. This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies, listeners. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm Natalie Gross, mom to a three-year-old boy and a brand new baby girl. We've got a great show today talking about pacifiers. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which keeps you updated on all the episodes that we release each week. Another great way to stay updated is to hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, wherever you're listening. And if you're looking for a way to get even more involved with our show, then you can check out our membership club. It's called Mighty Moms. That's where we chat more about the topics discussed here on our show. And it's also an easy way to learn about our recordings so that maybe you can join us live. So we have moms, Susan, Shelby, and Jenna joining us today. Welcome to the show, everyone. And as we get started, tell us a little bit about you and your family. So Susan, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Uh, My name is Susan Latuka. I am a mom. I have two little girls. One is seven and the other one is two and a half. And I'm also a sleep consultant, so we can touch on that a little bit later. Uh, So I have both personal and professional experience with the pacifier, and I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah. Interesting tidbit. <laughs> Susan and I actually met because she was giving yes. away a package of pacifiers in our, uh, we're in the same <laughs> Facebook buy nothing group. So I was like, oh, you need to come on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> All right, Shelby, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi guys. I'm Shelby Sturgis and um, we actually just moved to Virginia a couple months ago for my husband's work. We have two little kids, a two and a three-year-old. So we are quite busy. And is that them there? (laughs) That's the two-year-old. She's not, yeah, she's trying to um, figure out what this whole scenario is happening on the computer. But um, yeah, it's fun. Awesome. Well, thanks, Shelby. Yeah. Jenna. Hi. Yes, I'm Jenna Mayfield. I have two kids, a seven-year-old boy and a girl who is three, almost four. 
Well, thank you all, Mom, so much for being here. I'm excited for our conversation today. And first up, I just kind of want to know what your experiences have been with pacifiers. And I'm curious if that was something that you intentionally chose to use with your kids. Is it something you kind of fell into or just saw everyone else using? What are your experiences there? Like as a new mom, I feel like I just tried it because you just try it to see if it works. And um, you always hear like sometimes, oh yeah, my kid never took the pacifier and that was it. Um, Both of our kids took them pretty easily, like right off the bat. So we've kind of just been doing it the entire time. We're in the the scenario right now of trying to figure out how to get rid of them for both kids. So (laughs) (laughs) we're not really sure how to do that. Um, And we definitely use them as like a little bit of a crutch through like a consistency for them through all of our like military moves and kind of different travel scenarios. So um, now that we're a little bit settled, we're we're definitely about to dive into uh, getting rid of them. Yeah, that's something we'll definitely touch on later on in the show. Yeah, I'll touch a bit on my experience. This is Susan. So for me, it was, I hadn't really thought about it. Like as I was pregnant and getting ready for both of my girls, it's just something when I wasn't really thinking about pacifier or not. And I don't know if anyone else echoes this, but as soon as the babies are bored, the nurses are the ones who are like shoving the pacifiers um, in the baby's mouth. So it wasn't something that I'd really thought of, but uh, the nurses were doing it. So I figured, okay, sure. And so that's kind of how it it started. Um, Neither of my girls relied on the pacifier. My first took the pacifier, but she could take it or leave it. She wasn't really totally invested with it. And the um, my second, my two, my now two and a half year old, she was not interested in the pacifier at all whatsoever. So that was kind of you know we bought so many different kinds of pacifiers, but yeah, she the second one just did not take it to at all. So we actually have experience both ways, one with no pacifier and one with a pacifier. Um, My oldest, when I was pregnant with him, everything we had read or heard, even our hospital, actually, um, Susan mentioned their hospital, but our hospital was anti-pacifier. Everybody was like, do not give a pacifier. You will cause nipple confusion and cause issues down the line. So we did not do a pacifier with our first. And he was a horrible sleeper, like horrible. We had the hardest time getting him to sleep and he would not stay asleep unless he was touching me. He was difficult and we tried not to use a sleep uh, sound machine either because we had also gotten the advice that they would end up using that as a crutch and it would be really difficult to get rid of. So we did not use any of that right at first. We did end up introducing a sleep sound machine later um, with him and that helped a lot, but he never had a pacifier. And with my daughter, she, when, when I was pregnant with her, I'm like, I am trying a pacifier (laughs) because there was no way that I could have her, go through the same sleep issues that he went through because I had a three and a half year old at the time. Mm -hmm. And so with her, we were like, okay, we are for sure going to try the pacifier. And she took it right away. Um, Our hospital again was anti-pacifier, but we used it anyways (laughs) that time. And um, yeah, and, and it worked wonders with her. She, she used it just for falling asleep. Once she was asleep, either it would pop out or we would take it out. She never like slept with it in. So she would use it for falling asleep. And then I want to say she was like one and a half and we were at the doctor and I only had one pacifier and it fell on the floor. Obviously, I was not putting that back in her mouth. (laughs) 
And um, after that, she was completely weaned. Like, it was so easy to get rid of with her. Oh, wow. That's amazing. (laughs) That's nice. My kids are addicts, I think. So I don't, I really have to like (laughs) research how to do this. Um, Like every other parenting thing, you're like, okay, we're going to do it this weekend. And like everybody in the house prepares for whatever is going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. and it can be, it can be such a big event. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. I don't yeah. really, they've been so adaptable to every other thing, like potty training and moving houses. So it's like, I think, you know, they'll probably do better than we think they'll do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know if it was her age at the time or what it was, but I had expected her to have a hard time because she did rely on it heavily for falling asleep. And then all of a sudden it was gone and we worked on other things and she was totally fine. Yeah. Well, I know Susan talked about, you know, trying different kinds of pacifiers. Jenna and Shelby, was it a lot of trial and error for you to figure out which pacifier your baby liked best or did they just like the first one you tried? How did that go? Um, I think I don't really, I think they each liked the initial one. Um, they use like different one, different brands, but they've kind of stuck with the same ones the entire time. We were like the parents that put like 15 of them in their crib when they were smaller. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> they woke up, they could just grab one and they like still do that at night. Like I go in to check on them before we go to bed and, you know, I'm like watching her do like sleep trade out binky swaps, like with all of them in her hands. And I'm just like, okay, I mean, at least they can figure it out by themselves and they're not waking us up for that. But um, yeah, I don't know. They were pretty easy on the first one we gave them. With us, um, like I said, we didn't do it with my first. So with my daughter, we just used – I can't even remember the brand of it. But the like the cheap one, like the basic one that's just all the like flexible plastic or whatever. So we used that one at, for a while. And then we ended up getting where they have like the animal on the end. We got that one for her for a while. But once she started getting teeth, um, our dentist with my son, he or she had mentioned that we should probably get rid of that as soon as possible because um, the weight of that causes their teeth to come in funny, I guess. So, um, yeah. So we just used the like basic simple ones. I think the ones that the hospitals give out. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, moms, for sharing your experiences. And when we come back, we'll be meeting our expert, Dr. Natasha Burgert, a Phillips Avent partner in pediatrician, who's going to tell us pretty much everything you ever wanted to know about pacifiers and answer some of the questions we've already brought up in this discussion. So stay with us. Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. It was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Walmart.com. 
Today on Newbies, we're talking about pacifiers, the pros, the cons, and everything in between. Our expert guest today is Dr. Natasha Berger, a pediatrician and nationally recognized speaker based in Kansas. She's a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics, a contributor to U.S. News and World Report and NBC Learns Parents Toolkit, and she also serves on Missouri's Advisory Committee for Childhood Immunizations. Dr. Natasha, welcome to Newbies. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's so fun to be here. And I loved hearing your conversation. That's so relatable to so many parents with all of these questions about pacifiers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start with the very basics. When and why did they come about? What's kind of their intended purpose? Pacifiers are simply a tool. So they are a tool to support baby's sucking reflex. So what's the sucking reflex? Babies and primates really are born with a primitive reflex to practice the drink, swallow, breathe rhythm or pacing that baby needs, that as babies really is required to eat. So the second reflex works with the rooting reflex and together that's how the human race has survived. So the second reflex begins really at 30 weeks gestation. I've got lots of babies that pop out and come to my office with sucking blisters on their hands or sucking blisters on their mouth because they're doing this for many, many weeks, even before we meet them. And it lasts all the way till 12 months of age. And this is the practice that babies need to feed and grow. The sucking reflex also releases chemicals in the brain that help to calm. They help kids sleep as Jenna experienced without using one, right? And On the breast, when babies suck, it releases chemicals in mom and baby to support breast milk release and production. So it does a lot. The sucking reflex is super important. And so that's why babies suck all the time. And so a pacifier is used to help babies do this very primitive, innate, required action that they must do all the time that their brainstem is telling them to do. Passies support this need to suck when babies don't need to eat. That is so interesting. I am <laughs> I've never heard that before, the science behind it. So, thanks for explaining. Now, I know there's also research showing that pacifiers can actually help decrease the risk of SIDS or sudden infant death syndrome. Can you explain why that is and what the research has shown? This was really interesting in the early 2000s, the Academy of Pediatric released their safety or sleep guidelines and introduced the concept of pacifiers reducing the risk of SIDS. And I think it was really eye-opening for a lot of parents because of the conflict that they had heard about pacifiers. Like this was really kind of uh, eye-opening that this is a clear benefit here. So what the researchers have found through numerous case-controlled studies and actually two really large meta-analyses is that when babies use pacifiers to go to sleep, it can reduce the incidence of SIDS as much as 90%. And That's really significant. Now, SIDS, of course, is complicated. Uh, It's not just a pacifier that's involved in this this tragic consequence that kids still experience today. It's a complex um, relationship between genetics and environment and and various other things. So um, we're not. But the but the significance of this reduction was so great that the Academy now fully really supports with their safer sleep guidelines to use that pacifier as a tool. We honestly don't know why this helps them. We don't know why this is protective. There's been many theories whether or not it's helping autonomic control of arousal during sleep or it's keeping the airway open during sleep or it's encouraging a safer sleep position for babies. We're really not quite sure. However, when the Academy revised and re-released its 
safer sleep guidelines just a few months ago, just this past summer, this was still significant enough that they kept this recommendation in their current guidelines to use that pacifier to reduce the risk of SIDS. Now, does that only, is that only effective if they're using it the whole night to sleep? So if it falls out, do you need to go pop it back in or is it just to help them fall asleep? It is just to help them fall asleep, which is really breaking down some of our theories about airway and positioning, because even if babies fall asleep with it and it falls out, as most of the time it does, using that pacifier during sleep initiation still is protective. Okay, interesting. So what are some other benefits to using pacifiers? I mean, I know you you kind of already mentioned kids coming in your office with like having sucked their thumb raw. So um, (laughs) any other benefits, you know, maybe avoiding that? Sure. So um, obviously soothing. It keeps uh, other things that babies like to suck on. Again, a primitive reflex, they are going to find something to suck on, which usually fingers, thumb, or some other object. And a lot of parents just don't want their kids to suck on their hands, so it gives them a replacement for that. We use it in the office a lot for pain management. We use it in the hospitals a lot for pain management. Um, we know it helps for sleep. And I think kind of a super secret about the pacifier that we don't think about very much is it does really help babies on their oral motor work. It helps them strengthen that coordination that they need between their tongue and their jaw and their cheeks in order to get that drink swallow rhythm going, that pacing going, and is actually used by physical therapists in our hospital in order to promote that for kids who have a challenging uh, time that are a more challenging time to eat. Um, Keep in mind the sucking reflex, like I said, I mean, it goes until 12 months of life. These kids are doing this for a really, really long time. And the pacifiers during that time to continue to see these benefits kind of change over time. So for newborns, for example, like I recommend the Philips Avent Soothe because that is a hospital grade silicone pacifier that can you can put your finger in to really support and put pressure on the tongue and palate and support that coordination, that strengthening of that coordination. And it's also a good soothing tool as baby is adjusting their sleep schedules too. But as kids grow, they need pacifiers that grow with them. So for example, the Philips Avent Soothe Snuggle is a great toy, has a plush toy where the Soothe is attached to kind of keep that pacifier in place while kids are learning how to use it. But then that same push toy can be interchanged with different pacifiers as baby grows to allow some versatility and flexibility. So during that whole first 12 months of life, we're thinking about the sucking reflex, we're thinking about these different benefits, and we're giving a a tool appropriate for their age and size in order to accomplish those. What are pacifiers made of? What exactly are we, you know, giving our babies to put in their mouths? Sure. So pacifiers, I mean, we've been trying to soothe our babies with pacifiers for millennia, right? So pacifiers have been made of all sorts of things. They've been made of metal. They've been made of bone. They've been made of coral. They've been made of like cloth sacks that moms used to dip in sugar or put a sugar cube in like in order to, in order to, to pacify their babies. So fortunately today, and the most contemporary (laughs) pacifiers have a we're not using bit, metal. <laughs> yes, we're not using metal anymore. We're not using bones, which is which is awesome. We have a little bit more research and development around these devices, and they have much safer construction. So typically, a contemporary pacifier is going to be made from either rub, rubber, silicone, or latex, then has a traditional nipple to it, a flange, and then usually a safety device to make sure it doesn't, the babies don't choke on it. And 
it has different forms of construction. So Philips Avent uses 100% medical grade silicone and is BPA free. It's tasteless, it's odorless, and it's strong, which import which is important for durability for using these pacifiers for a while. Yeah. Well, I want to get into, you know, kind of some of the concerns as we already heard. I think it was Jenna who said that her um, advice she had heard was that it could cause nipple confusion, that pacifiers can um, cause nipple confusion with breastfeeding babies. And this is something that I do hear a lot. Is this true? And if so, should parents wait to introduce the pacifier? What's kind of your recommendation there? I love this question because Jenna's experience is not unique. You know, we have kind of this experience in the hospital where it was so difficult to get a pacifier. But Susan, who got the pacifier in the in the hospital, is kind of where things are trending. Um, because I don't think that we have great evidence for nipple confusion. And I know certain lactation consultants may disagree with me. But as a pediatrician who sees hundreds of babies, like nipple confusion is just something that practically I don't see with my with my with my breastfeeding babies. We have to remember that breastfeeding is a complicated interaction between mom and babe. And a simple piece of plastic is not going to derail this whole system that has been around for human survival. So uh, we know that it's best practice to begin using any sort of synthetic nipple, whether it's bottle or pacifier, when mom has sufficient supply of milk, there's a consistent and comfortable latch, and certainly babies starting to have weight gain, so we know there's good milk transfer. For those babies, that's typically less than two weeks of life. If you're not breastfeeding, you can use a pacifier like immediately. But you know, at the end of the day, I will support whatever parents want to do. If parents are really worried about nipple confusion and that's something that's that's top of mind, then of course, then delay that delay that uh, initiation of use until baby's a couple weeks old. If that's something that you're not particularly worried about and you have a baby that really has a super strong reflex, sucking reflex and needs to suck all the time and is already starting to go after their hands and you really want to discourage that, I certainly have moms that start using pacifiers day one of life and are very successful breastfeeders as well. Mm -hmm. Well, there are so many pacifiers on the market and I know you're here representing Phillips Avent, but are they all equally good or what should parents be, you know, looking for when they're purchasing pacifiers? Is it just baby's preference or like what are specific things that you can be looking for? It's a bit of baby's preference, like Susan's experience too. They, you try kind of a whole bunch to kind of see what fits a little bit like Goldilocks. But when I talk about any sort of baby product, pacifier or otherwise, I always think of just three things. It's got to be safe. It's got to be easy to clean. And it has to be practical. So I think about safety stuff. You want to make sure that it's made out of a strong material. It's one piece construction. I prefer BPA free. That's why I recommend Philips Avent pacifiers and make sure that it's the correct size for your baby so that you can support that oral motor work that pacifiers can help with. I like ones that are easy to clean. I mean, we need, especially with all of the illnesses that are going around right now, like we can't, we, we need to make sure that we can sterilize them easily in boiling water, throw them in the dishwasher, throw them in sterilizers, and they have to be strong enough to be able to do that. And there has to be a practical piece too. Like I don't want to buy a whole bunch of stuff. I don't want to have to buy a million different things in order to support this natural reflex that my baby has. So I like things that will grow with kids, like the Phillips Avent Subi Snuggle, of course, that can grow and change as babies as babies get bigger, and um, that have some variability in their pacifier line. So you can kind of stick with one brand because that's generally going to be the same nipple shape. 
for whatever your baby likes. Okay, great. Well, we are going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to keep hearing from Dr. Natasha and our moms. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. We are continuing our discussion with Dr. Natasha Bergert and our moms today. So moms, I want to give the floor back to you. Any thoughts on what we've just heard from Dr. Natasha about pacifiers and kind of the research behind them? Yeah, I guess I, I totally agree and have heard um, that before with the first 12 months. And now I'm just curious of after the 12 months, it, it, does it just become a habitual thing? Um, and it's not really effective in helping your kids sleep as well as it did the first 12 months, you know, like now I'm thinking like, okay, we've done this a really long time. And, um, our kids are, they're just like, their binkies are strictly bed, bedtime things and bed things. So they're not, you know, using it at all times of the day. It's just a bed thing that they, um, you know, are comforted by now. So I'm, I'm wondering like, does it have any pros after like the 12 months or is it just something that they, they love and <laughs> it's a habit? That's a great question, Shelby. Dr. Natasha, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, we, I think you've already nailed that, nailed it on the head, Shelby, when you said that it's a tool that's consist, that's a consistency and lots of transition, right? So there is a psychological dependence that starts to happen. These kids have had these devices that have provided them soothing and comfort as long as they remember being alive. And so it allows that consistency, it allows that routine. It's part of the bedtime routine. It's part of the car routine. It's part of comfort. It's part of pain management, whatever it may be. So absolutely, there's still benefits after the first year. I think that Jenna's experience where it was easy to wean like right around 18 months does have some validity because as kids age and that psychological dependence grows stronger, then it does get harder to break. So every kid does kind of have a sweet spot where they've used it and they're ready to transition off. Jenna just got lucky to hit right at the 18 month mark. Some kids are closer to two, but most people are going to recommend both pediatricians and dentists are going to recommend that that between or by the age of three is really when we want to wean away the pacifier to prevent the dental complications that can sometimes come from using it too long. Have you found like a method that you've seen parents like works best? I mean, I think every mom's probably Googled every way of getting rid of a pacifier, um, you know, cutting it down like smaller so that eventually there's nothing or just cold turkey and, um, I don't know if the other mom, Jenna's had a better experience. Well, I guess hers was more natural than what ours is probably going to be. <laughs> 
Yeah, everyone jump in here. If you if you've weaned your kid from the passy, like let's get What some are your secrets? For- <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is Susan just chiming in here. Um, from a sleep consultant perspective, I do have two methods that I can coach that I coach parents through. And it really is age specific. As Dr. Natasha was saying, you know, there is more of an attachment after kids reach a certain point. Um, and so, you know, when I'm working with families who are weaning from the pacifier, usually if they are um, under 18 months, it's pretty much just easier to go cold turkey. Um, just remove it and toss them in a bag, toss them in the trash, remove it so there's no possible reliance on like grabbing it in a, a situation where you need it. It's just done. Um, but after 18 months, um, between the 18 and three years, uh, you can get kind of whimsical and fun with it if that's in your wheelhouse. Um, and you, uh, I coach people through uh, inviting the pacifier fairy to the house and you can have your kids. Uh, there's plenty of books that you can buy about the pacifier fairy. Um, and it's basically just like, you know, kind of, you know, you gather all the pacifiers, you put them in a little bag and you can either hang them on the door or just like the tooth fairy, put them under the pillow. And then the pacifier fairy will come and take them and there's no more pacifiers. Um, that uh, can be pretty successful with kids who are, have a little bit more cognition, who are able to understand that concept a little bit more. And it could be kind of fun. Uh, having said that, you know, especially when uh, the kids are older, there's likely to be pushback no matter how you do it, especially if that attachment is uh, pretty firm. Perhaps we're using it not just at nighttime, but other times as well. So kind of thinking it through like either, um, you know, either a sleep training method, if it's a sleep issue or just, you know, general choices and parenting of how to get through those times when your child is wanting the pacifier and the pacifier is gone. So, you know, uh, I usually tell parents to the power of distraction can be pretty amazing there. Yeah. With my son, we weaned him when he was two, it was about 27 months when we were switching him to a big boy bed, the toddler bed. And uh, we just kind of told him like, hey, you know, big boys don't really use passies. And so um, once we moved to your big boy bed, and so we started like a week out, and then we're not really going to use pacifiers anymore. And we would talk about it every day. And honestly, like he did fine. And we didn't know if that was going to be a good method because like we didn't know if he would need help falling asleep in his new bed, relying on that pacifier, but it went great. So I don't know if that works for anyone else, but that's how we did it. Um, yeah, so obviously we lucked out. Um, I was so scared that there would be some kind of pushback, but she did so well that we just quit cold turkey. Something I have seen recently that I thought was really interesting that I would probably try if we had another one and we had issues. Um, I've seen where parents have taken their kids to like build a bear or something and then had them put the pacifier inside the bear. So they still have that, and it's a new item that can help soothe them, um, but they're not actually sucking on the pacifier anymore. I thought that was a really uh, creative way to do that. Yeah, that's cute. I like that. So I was a pre-kindergarten and kindergarten teacher for 14 years uh, prior to sleep consulting. And uh, I think one of the difference that can, as I mentioned before, that can, can be a big difference maker is whether or not how, how reliant your child is on the pacifier. So if they're relying on it to soothe themselves during the day, that's not a sleep situation, that it might be harder in that case to, to, to wean them because there's other, um, you know, it's just not a sleep time. It's other things, you know, um, they're crying because they want this, right? And here's your pacifier. So, um, you know, in my experience with working with young children in the classroom setting, 
that is something that has popped up. Like the, the pacifier was a way to get them to calm down or soothe during um, just conflict, um, whether they weren't getting what they wanted or there was a social conflict versus just um, a flat out sleep issue. So I think it could, you know, as, as parents kind of think about how they're using the pacifier, are they using it for sleep um, as really intended or is it more of a soother generally? And that can be an indication of how difficult it might be to, uh, to get rid of it. Yeah. One of the other, you know, struggles with pacifiers besides weaning, at least for my house has been what I call the passy dance, right? So baby falls asleep with it in, it falls out. And then right now with our girl, she's awake wanting it back in her mouth. And then you're kind of doing the passy dance for hours at night. So <laughs> Susan or, or Natasha, you know, do you have any, any tips for parents also going through that? The pacifier does become a association with sleep initiation. It's it's something that the baby's going to have in their mouth to to change those chemicals in the brain to help them calm and soothe. And so when it does fall out, then they have uh, some uh, alertness, some awake, and then they need that pacifier to begin that sequence again. So what they're doing is natural. What they're doing is um, is using that as a tool to to accomplish what they want, which is to go to sleep. And so it when that when you start doing the passy dance, and if it does get really uh, to have a really codependent relationship, you you have a you have a couple of situations where you are the mom that has twenty seven pacifiers in the bed, so the kids can pick up one and and replace it in their mouth independently. But before the kids are able to do that, that is a time when a lot of my parents do choose to wean the pacifier. Um, and I don't know if this is Susan's experience as well, that when that pacifier becomes a hindrance to sleep duration, that might be a trigger or a clue that um, that's something that they are, it, it's going to be more of a hindrance than a help and it's time it's time to let it go. Yeah, that's exactly what I see. And a lot of uh, that's exactly when people <laughs> start reaching out to me because they're going into their child's bedroom, you know, 15, 16 times a night because that, the baby just can't fall asleep without the pacifier. It falls out and the whole process starts over. Um, so, you know, again, I, I do think that it's, you know, always a parental decision on and how long to keep the pacifier, you know, when to start weaning it. But when there is a reliance on it, um, you have the decision of, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep on doing the pacifier dance or are you ready to take it and, and learn how to uh, teach your child how to put themselves to sleep um, mm -hmm. on their own without a pacifier? Okay, great. Well, that's what I have in store then. <laughs> um, <laughs> any last thoughts as we wrap up here? I mean, in your minds, would you say the benefits of pacifiers outweigh the cons? Like what's everyone's kind of final thoughts on this on this discussion? I definitely want to chime back in about the nipple confusion too. Um, so what we found was that it did not cause nipple confusion. We started her with day one and we breastfed and like she was a champ latcher like from day one which my son was not so obviously every kid is different so we could have had issues with him but with her we had no nipple confusion and I feel like in our experience we ended up with a really good uh, pacifier experience with our second and I wish we had tried with our first and uh, seen how that would have helped 
I think um, for our our family life and our scenario, I even though we haven't tried to get rid of them yet, so I guess I can let you know when we <laughs> if it was yes, follow it. up. Um, I think just with like my husband being in the military and traveling so much and us moving, like it, like I said earlier, it was just always like the consistent thing that I, I'm glad that they had as we, you know, moved beds and houses and all this stuff. So I, I think right now it's a positive thing for them. And um, I feel a little bit better about tackling the getting rid of it after listening to everybody today. So I would do the same thing again, for sure. Um, looking back on our, on our situation. This is Susan again. Um, I think in my experience, in my work with uh, parents, oftentimes it's the parents that have more of an attachment to the pacifier than, than the actual kid does. And it's, as you were just saying that, you know, you'd like having the security of it with you through all the moves and all the travel. So sometimes it's, it's more of a a parent issue, but I think the other thing that, you know, um, I certainly felt and continue to feel is that most things, especially the pacifier are reversible, right? So if your child does have, um, it turns out that your child does have a reliance on the pacifier, that's that's something that can be changed. It it can be changed now. It can be changed later. It's not necessarily something that they're going to um, continue with. They're certainly not going to be 10 years old with a pacifier. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's just a good reminder of like, you know, there's, there's a season and that season, you know, whether you choose it or whether it just happens naturally will come to an end. And there's always ways to uh, just continue marching forward. Right. So just something to remember that you're not going to be stuck, whether for better or for worse, you're not going to be stuck in a certain uh, position yeah. for the long term. That's good totally. to hear. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Dr. Natasha, any last thoughts as we wrap up here? Yes, I, I agree with Susan. Your your kids are not going to go off to college with pacifiers, I guarantee it. I want parents to remember that pacifiers are off, offering a physiologic benefit to their kids. They are offering an emotional benefit to their kids and possibly increasing safety with SIDS reduction. So I know there's controversy on there and you'll you'll find a lot of different opinions, but most pediatricians are going to stand in support of using pacifiers if parents want to. And we'll be here to coach you through that process and give you good developmental cues of what time it's what time it is to get rid of it and support that part of your kid's journey. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to you, Dr. Natasha, and to you, Mom, Susan, Shelby, Jenna. Um, Thanks so much for joining us with this discussion today and for this episode. So listeners, be sure to check out newmommymedia.com where we have all of our podcast episodes plus videos and more. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for expecting parents, Parent Savers for moms and dads with toddlers, The Boob Group for moms who give breast milk to their babies, and Twin Talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.